Fash Vayetze, the first week of Kislev. Kislev is a, yom t- is a week of Yom Tevim. Hanukkah, Yutes Kislev. Particular week, love Kislev. I don't think I have anything prepared to say. Believe it or not. Vayetze Yakim Beshav Vayel Charona. When we were little, which is a long time ago, this line was used for everything. This pasuk was used for everything. We were taught that Yaakov was Shtraimov. How do you know Yaakov was Shtraimov? He went out from Be'ashav, he went into Kharana. How could he go out of one city into another city without wearing a Shtraimov? The people that told us laughed very hard. We have still till today no idea what they were talking about. But Yaakov goes out from Be'ashava. Be'ashava obviously is a very, very holy and high place. And he goes down to to the lowest of the world. Very sad movement. Very sad moment. Rashi explains the idea is that Yaakov went to Charon. Why Elaborate and say Vayetze Yakim Veshava, he left Veshava. The idea is that he went to Kharan. And Rashi explains what is the concept of a tzaddik leaving a city. With the departure of a tzaddik, says Rashi, brings about the loss of many, many things of the city. When a tzaddik is in a city, we know that the story of Avram Avinu, when he tries to save the city of Sedaim, his bargaining ship with God, <coughs> the Abishtim, is, are there maybe tzaddikim there? 50 tzaddikim, 40 tzaddikim. If there's a tzaddik in the city, you can't destroy the city. This was his taina. And therefore, on this basis, Yaakov, departing from the city, departing from Beresheva, had a tremendous effect on Beresheva. We know that the departure of Yaakov also symbolizes the beginning of the Jewish nation. His marriage takes place by Lavan, and it's only until he comes to Lavan that he enters into the into the chuppah under the chuppah. He goes under the chuppah for marriage. It's only till he reaches to this level. Can he actually become a father of our nation?
And we know the Pasuk tells us that all of a sudden Yaakov started his journey and suddenly he sleeps. And as he goes to sleep, he covers, he puts stones around his head. His head. And what about the rest of his body? The head. He's not worried about his arms, he's not worried about, what was he putting it around? So to protect it. Protect it from animals, protect whatever it might be. What? Why the head and not the arms, not the legs? And why a stone? What's the significance of a stone? And the Pasuk tells us, very interesting, he didn't put a stone. He took from the stones of the city and he put them around his head. And later as he woke up, when he awakens from his dream, the Pasuk tells us that he takes the one stone that was there by his head. Now one stone, if he took from the stones, and now he has only one stone, what exactly transpired here? Tell the story every year, the in tribute of uh, my 8th grade Rebbe, Rabbi Goldman. We don't want to deprive anyone, I'm not telling it again. When we learned this, this Parsha, the Parsha Shavuot in, in the class, he told us the famous story, he told us the story of a tzaddik that wanted to sit on a chair, and the chair had little holes on it. And each hole was complaining to Hashem, I want the tzaddik to sit on me. So Hashem had Rachmanus on the holes because they were so sincere and he made one big hole. Yaakov Avinu took the stones and the Medrash tells us the stones fought all, all night long saying they wanted the tzaddik to rest on them and Hashem put them, turned them into all one stone. I had a very interesting experience last week in Shul. We had Baruch Hashem the Kines HaShluchim Shluchim from all over the world, those who are reading on the internet, there was about four and a half thousand shluchim by the banquet. And we know, of course, that there's very big significance to that number is that there were also four and a half thousand people stuck at sea. The cruise ship, the engine broke. So there's four and a half thousand in sea and four and a half thousand chsidim fabring. The ship Okay, yeah, the ship, the ship, the shluchim came, and they had a very interesting experience because last week the clock was not yet moved, and Netzachama was seven thirty-two. Halachically, a person has davish mnesa after Netzachama. Last week was seven thirty-two. They moved the clock, Matzah Shabbos. Putting on Talos and Tulum was about 634, 635. The earliest Talos and Tulum, but the Netzach Hamad, Damash was 732. So a person has to go to work, I don't today know the hat that I I do the same. I mean, it starts at quarter to seven. So I also don't, unfortunately, during those times, during those winter times, I also don't make it before the nets. But a person that's not going to work, is not rushing anywhere, there's no reason 
finish the davening before the netzacham. However, when you walk into the shul, and kenaynor kenyir v'barach Hashem, there are hundreds of people davening, 150 people davening in shul. There's the first minion, the second minion, the third minion already have davened before netzacham. It doesn't occur to you that all these fine yidden are doing something that is not. It's only b'diavet. So the shliach walks into the shul. Obviously, the first thing he does, read the daven, take out his talis and read the daven. So I took the liberty of warning a few guys that the you can't daven yet; it's too early. And I showed them on the scoreboard in seven seventy the netzachama. One fellow was very sincere. They said, ha, ha, I'm not going to daven before the Nets. We have a 715 minion in 770, which is called the Neshima Achas minion. Uh, you can't do that during that minion, because you missed it. Uh, literally, it's, it's mind-boggling. Six minutes to Baruch So this guy says to me, oh, the davening here is starting 715, so that'll be by the Nets. I said, ah, no. He says, what are you talking about? You're crazy? Of course they're going to be... I said, they're not going to be... There. <coughs> he started with the 7.15 and he got a rude awakening. So he went to the next meeting, which officially tries to start with the Netzachama, but starts at 7 o'clock. And even they, as much as they slept in Kratz, they just they couldn't. It was two minutes before Netzachama. It was 7.30 and the Netzachama was 7.32. And he says, no! Oh, no, and he's shutting two, two, there's two more minutes. Sit, wait, hold on. He said, it's a like a fellow, you know, he showed me, but he was so sincere about it. He, want, he didn't want to die stressed before the net, he wanted to die with a minion. He piled. The chazan waited the two minutes. The minion of 20, 25 people was Eichet to Davin by Netzacham, the Sikim. So what's so what's so interesting about the story? Nothing goes, no good deed goes unpunished. After davening, there was one of the people that davened by that minion that's not from here also, from Florida apparently. And he walked over to this shliach, and he asked him, "You're a shliach in Israel?" He says, "Yes." He says, um, "You have a chabad house?" He says, "Yes." So I'm very nispol, very impressed with your sincerity. And for the sincerity here, he took out $1,000 and handed it to him. Now this is a guy that got whenever he comes here, whatever his damnut he has, he's always collecting. So, <laughs> to get hit with $1,000 in the palm, <coughs> it was quite an experience for Shemineser. So when we say here that the stones wanted a schus, they wanted a merit... We don't know what merit we have when we mishamesh at tzaddik, mishamesh at hamad chokhm. The stones all fought, they become one stone. Now the truth of the matter is, if we look at the wording in the Pasuk, we're not necessarily are going to come up with that situation. You could translate, Vayikach he took, from amongst the stones, could be only took one stone. Vayosem merashesav though, will contradict that. By Yosem, he put them plural. So there had to be a few. There had to be many. Why the head? And why stones? Why not bushes? Why not tre- branches? 
Heaven is Rosh Tevis. Always Brachis and Ezekiel. We today in day today in days today's day and age we are very involved in Chinuch. Not to say our parents weren't involved in Chinuch, but today they're very involved in what what makes the child tick. Unfortunately, someone's outthinking the outthinker, and they're not getting anywhere to do with Chinuch, and the children are suffering. Interestingly. I heard of art, my, my nephew got engaged this week, so someone was talking from Brain about the Chaim, and he said an interesting word from Isaac Shrey on last week's Pasha. Rivka's walking and she's going crazy, the kids banging this way, the kids banging here. It's a, a Beskinesis and a Yeshiva and a, a Tumah, and it's going crazy. What's wrong with this child? She was very concerned. What was she concerned? And what was it that was she concerned that when she heard Shnei Goyim Bevitnech made her happy? Why? It didn't hurt now? What happened? Why did it stop hurting? We have somebody actually on the phone here listening. He's driving. Please focus on the ride. <laughs> Rivka was concerned. The boy has got problems. In the morning he wants to go to Bismedish, and at night he wants to go to the Tumah. He must be a Misnagid. This is her problem. When she heard that Shnei Goyim Bevitne, ah, is it in Goyim? I don't mind if they're Goyim, as long as they're not Misnagid. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty thing to say, but it's very... Adderhead, <laughs> what? No, uh, what's his name? Isaac Shvei. So that 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 uh, appeased her. Very into psychology, we're very into children, into chinuch of the children, where they're going, what they're accepting, what they're hearing, what they're exposed to. And Adra, but today's day and age, they find things that they expose the children to, that in in, in a wildest dreams we wouldn't allow ourselves to be exposed when we were children the cabinet over here is plastic knives we we have said it before when we were little and I mean little we were only allowed to listen to Nechayach music Nechayach records and we didn't have tapes I don't know if it was on on, on 8-track they were records. Um, somehow, we got our hands on Yom Tov Erlich tapes. Yom Tov Erlich records. And someone figured out how to put it on a reel-to-reel, how to record it, and then how to put it on. Ultimately, we had cassettes. <coughs> now, we were not allowed to listen to that. Yon Tevelech was a from a from Shahid. Yon Tevelech had, had magnificent lessons in his songs. If you listen to Avram Fried's uh, Yiddish Gems, it's all Yon Tevelech songs. And the music was amazing. Now, personally, 
I'd like to just take a minute to discuss music. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to sing. Music is very, very powerful. Music gets into a mind, into a heart, probably the most profound way amongst everything else there is. If you try to go to a shir, to listen to a shir, to listen to a class, listen to a good speaker, no matter how good the speaker is, they're not going to really get into you as much as music does. A good song can really, really find its place in a person's heart. They, the, what was it, the Kamarna, I think it was, was very into Nagina, very into song. So much so, that he had a surgery, a surgery, a severe surgery for several hours, and he refused anesthesia, he just sang. It was the Kalava, I'm sorry, the Kalava. Ooh, that was a bad one. The Kalava Rebbe was very, very into the, was very big bound of the Magdalene. Very Kalava Nagunim, very famous. Now, the Kalava Rebbe, though, took Nagunim and converted them. But since he converted them, there's a famous Nigun which he took from a shepherd. The little shepherd boy sitting in the field was looking for a sheep, and he's singing. The shepherd boy sings out, "Shepsel, Shepsel, Levite Mistu, how far you are, and how much, how much, how much closer you need to be, and how much would be accomplished if you come closer." And he took this and he made it to the words of "Golos, Golos, Vigrace Mistu, Shchina Agdoisha, Levite Mistu." Golos, Golos, how far you are, Shkina, Golos, how big you are, and Shkina, how far you are, when this Golos will clenig about him, if the Golos had become smaller, then the Shkina would become closer. And he sang it to that tune, he says, this is why he says, he went out to the field to hear this Negan. Now you gotta be a Kalavareba to do that. When you're just a group called Variations, you don't rank. At least not at that level. Although the group variations took many, many secular songs and put in very, very interesting Jewish words to them, they took it one step further. And they imitated the voices of the songs and they used almost the exact same music to the songs. Now, I will tell you a very, very simple example of a Veda, Gereda, Saveda, we were only allowed to listen to Nechayach music, and we rebelled, and we listened to Yon which technically we could not find any credence to this decree that we can't, we can't listen to this. I mean, Credence would be a good word. Nat, if Nat would ever remember where we are, he would appreciate that word. Um, and yet, we did it because it was good. It was a good idea. But along came the spider and said, Listen, 
if you're already listening to music, it's not the Chayach anyway. I gotta show you something. It's, it's amazing. You ever have a good joke? Sure, you know what jokes are? We laugh at jokes. But jokes, you know, do you want to What if the joke's in Yiddish? The joke's in Yiddish? That, that's amazing. I mean, everything in Yiddish is kosher. <laughs> so, in came, presenting, enter stage, Jigen and Schumacher. Shimon Jigen, and I don't remember Schumacher's first name, were a comedy team. Hysterical. First of all, they were first class happy person. And second of all, they were filthy. Now, we had no idea what it would, I mean, the music of you know, a dirty joke in our age was mamish. That was totally a beyond. We couldn't even understand what that meant. We spoke Yiddish at home. This is our first language. Which we, I see today is a very integral part of Chinuch, by the way. So, but since we listened to Yom Tevelech, and we're ready, eh, so, eh, the Jing. When Jing comes up with a line where he says that if Levi Yitzchak Bardicha, his name is Levi Yitzchak, excuse me, his name is Levi. He says, Ich, as Levi Yitzchak Bardicha Kenemen. God said in Teda, if Levitzah Badich can take God to a judicial, the judicial arbitration, so can I. I'm also Levi. Levitzah. And therefore, he says, I'm now going to present my case to God. And he says, I don't understand you, God. <coughs> you take a nation the chosen nation from all the nations. And the shlugs and the panics and the hargis and the brechs and the stechs, and you're torturing them to no end. Ich versteinisch the boynish shleilam. He said, I don't understand the boynish shleilam. Has gunish made from God? Do you not fear God at all? Now, this is as low as apikursus as it gets. It's hysterical. We left to no end because it was funny, but. Where do we come up to listen to such things? Where do you come up to hear? It was it was mind-boggling. But that's because the Chayach tapes became a little obsolete. And Yon came in, and then Jing Shemachat. I'm not comparing the two. I'm not comparing them at all. When it comes to Chinuch, there has to be standards. And the standards, the first thing that we have to know is you have to put it around your head. You have to protect, a person has to protect one's head that the exposure of the elements of today's world are minimized. It is beyond, beyond understanding how a person is supposed to do that. Between the internet and and all the other junks that come around and the, the today on the phone on a walking phone the person can walk on the street and you can get I, I was having a conversation with somebody today in Venezuela on the Blackberry Kostash Kempeni 
My daughter in Switzerland has a Blackberry. Talk to her on a Blackberry. BBM is called, yeah. I don't like to use the expression because when we were kids, the BM meant the bowel movement. Um, it's mighty dick. It's, it's amazing. You can get, you can, you, you made the world, you shrunk the world. It's fantastic. Tachlis? You can get davening on it, you can get Rambam, you can get Chumash, you can get Mishnais, you can uh, download whatever you want onto these phones. It's amazing, amazing. But, Tachasha to the internet, the same story. Once you start Krichin, you end up Krichin in the wrong hole. And it's a big problem. Zokter Vayasam Evan Merashesav, he put the Evan around his head. Always Brachis and Nezikin. These are basics to be a chosid that one must be careful how they protect. <coughs> Brachis are the connection between a person and God. A person doesn't do anything, doesn't take anything into their mouth or anything without thanking Hashem, without saying a bracha first. Nezikir is ben adam l'makim, ben adam a person has to watch not to hurt a friend, not to do damage to another, another person. Always is the concept of Nilsa the Chasidusa, the learning of Pirkei Avos. And therefore, Yaakov, as we know, Maisa Always Simen Labanim, the work of the fathers were a Simen for the children in the future. And here, too, the same thing. Yaakov Avinu was a jet setter. Yaakov, you know, paved the road. Now, question is, Avram Avinu didn't pave the road less. Yitzchak didn't pave the road less. Why does Yaakov get so much credit for this? Well, first thing we see, Yaakov got more than just credit, and got more than just credence. Because it was Yaakov that has mitosay shlema. Yaakov did not have an Esau, and did not have a Yishmael. Yaakov's children, the Shifta Yudke, the Yudbej and Shifta Yudke, were all tzaddikim. <coughs> we ask questions later about certain things that happened with them, selling their brother, the animosities and all these things. We ask questions, but each thing has a basis to it. Looks at this. Yaakov was Bechir Shabbos, though. Yaakov was the one that had everything that had to happen. And that's why he was able, he was considered a Benini, a Balchuva. And therefore he was able to see to it that he could fight the Yitzhahara in a way that he brought his children the way they should. And that's how he puts it down when he puts Vayasim Rashaitsov. He puts it around his head to protect himself to know that this is what I have to protect. But when we learn the Pasha, there are different questions that arise. And the most famous of the questions is one that gets tossed around and bounced around and rebounced and rebounded. And no matter how you cut it, you always have a question. The, the uh, like the math question for the thirty dollars in the hotel. You cut it this way, you cut it that way. You can be sugar better. 
we know that the father the always kept kola teirakula kedem shenitma shenitma. They kept the entire teira before the Abish gave the teira on Har Sinai. Matan teira. In that case, how does Yaakov marry two sisters? How does he marry two sisters? It's a, it's a, it's gefelach. It's a posik alav in the teira ve'ishalach esalisikach. Where does he come off with such? Um, what's it called? What's the name of the sin in English? Marrying two sisters. Huh? I don't know. No, there's a word for bigamy. Not big. Is it big? No. Something pachaja to that word. You see, that's why Nat's not here. It's his fault. The Maitza we say that maybe, maybe we can answer the question he took two sisters because before the Tater, before the Tater was given really and the mitzvahs they kept was only a gather, a hidur, only a boundary, only a, a, a step just to protect themselves. But truthfully they didn't have to keep the mitzvahs because the Tater wasn't given. Who are you talking about here? You're talking about Yaakov, you know, and then you have Bill and Zilpa. We don't hear that question ever. They were sisters too. So when it comes to the marriage, we have that question, how did he do this? And also we have the question, why he didn't mention my Bill and Zilpa? So the fact that he didn't marry, that he married Bill and Zilpa, that we already know the answer to. Because they were slaves. They were servants. And therefore they have no longer any yichus. They're not related officially. There's one yesh Amen that says the same thing about Rachel and Leah. That they were Magayar. Once they were Magayar, they were not related. But ultimately we come back again To the same shaklavitari, the same back and forth on the question that many mafarshim and many svarim go back and forth on a pilpul. The bottom line is we have to find the pshuta shemikra. Straightforward dugrish, the five-year-old mechamish mikra sitting and learning down, has to know what happened here. Why did they marry? Why did he marry two sisters? Now we know from the Ramban in this Indian that the Ovis were not Makbid, this is a real, you know, I don't even know if we should say this. They were not Makbid when they were out of Israel. In today's day and age, they call it intervagants. Intervagants. On the road. <coughs> I can't, we're, we're recording this, and it goes on the internet, so I can't tell you how that line goes. Anyway, <laughs> remind me after. But it comes out of what we see here from Rabbi Seinu that we learned that Avram learned Kola Terakula Beruach HaKedosh. He had Ruach HaKedosh and he learned the entire Tera and therefore he learned and involved himself in all the Tera 
with the mitzvahs, with its secrets. He knew what was going on. And he kept everything. But this is only that's a cell. Yaakov, Chutzlaretz, is only there that he married the two sisters. Because mitzvahs, because the mitzvahs, Mishpat, and the Kehar, Basing on that, it's only in the in as the soul that has to be kept. It doesn't go according to Shita's Rashi, though. It doesn't fit. Because Rashi says to us, Rashi says, Pshat, Pshuti Shemikli. He never gives us any Sadis or Drushim or anything else. When Yaakov tells Esav, Im Lovon Garti, Rashi turns around and says, Tayag Mitzvah Shamarti. Out of Eretz Yisrael, I kept the Tayag Mitzvahs by Lavan. So in that case, how are you telling me he didn't keep them? Pshut Shemikra dictates that he kept everything. Rashi goes that far to take a, a Gematria. So we're back to the same, to the square one. The Gurariya brings down the question. He married two sisters and he answers. It was according to Ruach HaKedosh. After Ruach HaKedosh, he married the two sisters. He knew what the outcome has to be with them. He knew what has to happen. And he married the two sisters. Bingo. Pshut HaShemikra does not allow it. It's not acceptable. No Mukwal. Why? Because the shot from the parasha that Yaakov wanted to marry Rachel. We all know that. He came in here, he wanted to marry Rachel, he loved Rachel. This was Mitzad Atzma, it had nothing to do with spirituality. Ruach HaKedesh, maybe he knew, didn't know, but the pale, he wanted to marry this woman. Leah didn't come into the equation, Michal. As far as he knew, this one has to marry Ace, the one has to marry him. So where are you taking Pshuta Shemikra to tell us that he had this to the Ruach HaGadosh? He didn't have this special feeling for Leah. He ended up with Leah. In that case, once he's married to Leah, how come he agreed to marry Rachel? Maybe, maybe we can explain as follows. The fact that we say the always took upon themselves to keep all the mitzvahs that was not yet a written tater. It was a sofa and a chumrah. We do mitzvahs carte blanche, the way they say usually. We do mitzvahs because we're told this way. But how many times do we have a tasteless mitzvah, chumrah mitzvah? Comes the mashal Pesach. For some reason, Pesach becomes the most stringent of holidays. The most stringent of mitzvahs. People hyperventilate from a month before until after Pesach. Oi, Pesach. And then the... I've seen already, I was in in my own, my mother's house. Shabbos after Pesach, somebody dropped something on the floor, challah, something... And my mother can pick it up, it's almost Pesach. <laughs> At the time, yeah, it was a little bit of a joke and everything else, but you know something? Every joke has some truth. 
and this as well. Women daiga about Pesach the whole year long. And when it comes to Pesach, look what we go through. The matzahs have to be from here, and the wine, and the this, and the that, and everything, and the peeling the vegetables. And People go, not, I'm not talking about the, the ultra ultra Hasidics. The average Hasidic family is brought up with a tremendous amount of aim of a year for Pesach. And I'll tell you, and maybe they say it's the economy, but I think it's the, the spirituality. The stores stop taking in Pesach products almost. One store didn't open Pesach Luchal. He said, I'm not opening up, I'm not taking in any of the Pesach products. It's not worth it. Then there are other Pesach stores. They open up Pesach stores. What do you have there? You have the basic staples, the oils, the salt, the, the things that everybody's going to use anyway. Where did the oil come into the dimension? It's only later generations. In our generation, we only use schmaltz. When I make my schmaltz before Pesach, my kids have heart attacks on me. This, you know that it's a heart, heart attack in the making. A cup full of heart attack. Let's stop. We did it for 50,000 for 50, years of doing it. 5,700 years of doing the, the using schmaltz, and all of a sudden it became a heart attack. But you know what? You know, it doesn't give heart attacks. You know, it's very healthy and holy sushi. I'm surprised. There's no Pesach sushi yet. We'll find out. They'll check the rice 40 days before. So the fact that they kept this with a sof and a chumra, this got them a special schus. It says by Avraham Vino, Avraham God, God recognized Avraham's sacrifice to listen to his voice, to do whatever he had to. He kept everything, the whole nine yards, God, God attests to it. So obviously there's something to it. Akilekach <coughs> even kept, kept Erevin. They established Erevin, and that's why ultimately the bracha, this pasha, because you kept Erevin, which is a a, a constricting mitzvah, an aid of it that you can only carry in certain area, etc., etc. Therefore, he was given the bracha for that everything was out of out of bound. So in that case, saying that he kept all the tayag mitzvahs, even that was not commanded upon him, achil. So in that case it becomes now a stira on things that he did have to do. There are certain things that he had to be vater on Kiyam Mitzvah. He had to wipe away, he had to turn away. Because a Chumrah can't push away a simple thing. A simple Mitzvah that you have to do, you can't come with a Chumrah and override it. Another case we have, another problem we have here. There are certain Gedorim that the world took on themselves. Bnei Neach took on themselves. For example, the words in Rashi says, Bashvi Yishlach, that the Umesh, Umesh, Godru Atzim and Arayas, Ayyadamavu. They took on a gather of Arayas. They said the people, they're not allowed to live with, they're not allowed to live with. And there were other things that they also were very, very careful with. Behaviors, 
and Hagius Tevis, that the, the nations of the world took upon themselves. And this was a take if when did it actually take into effect? In the time of But when someone did something that they were not allowed to do, they had a punishment of death. They were punishable by death. We find with Tamar. When Tamar was officially thought that she sinned, her sentence was to be burnt. Why? She was a Baskayan. And that wasn't because of Tata, it was the world's law, the law of the world. Only later that only the Eden kept this. But it was something that until then, the Bnei kept up to. So we still have the problem in that case. What was Yaakov thinking? Now we understand the Pashtas. When there's a stira between mitzvahs, tayag mitzvahs, the contradiction of the tayag mitzvahs, that the others kept upon themselves, took upon themselves, and it, why? Because they were doing it because of a chumrah, because of an addition of a mitzvah, and there's a difference between that mitzvah, that anhoge, and the gather that the world took upon themselves like the B'nai did. Because the others at that point had to therefore be mevater under chumras. Because of the chaymen of Yuchid that had the Dara of the Klolis, because the general world had this boundary already, therefore they had to back off and not say, Tayag Mitzvah dictates so and so. Because this is the Gedara Chaylam. There was something that the whole world kept, that the whole world was respecting. One of these things was not to deceive, not to be deceitful. Person shouldn't deceive another person. And we see Yaakov turns to Lavan. He doesn't say, Why did you mess me over? Why did you why did you steal my wife? He says, Lamari Misani. You deceived me. And this even the Goyim didn't play games like that. You didn't fool somebody, you didn't deceive them. So much so that even Lavan, in his own way, who was called Lavan Arami, sought to it and worked around it to find an answer that no, it wasn't really a deceit I was keeping the customs of the land he amphed what he did because he didn't want someone to suspect that he fooled somebody who was he trying to fool? huh? who was he trying to fool? fooled Yaakov the fact is also the first bring down that this is a shtech to him all he had to say is that the younger one doesn't get married before the older one. What's the Yasa came in Kemenu? He says, because I know in your house people buy the Bechera wholesale. <laughs> you change their age, you become their all of a sudden, this one becomes the oldest. This one becomes the we don't do that. Here this doesn't happen. So now we can understand maybe the Anhoga of Yaakov's Indian. Yaakov made up with Rachel to marry her. And he gave her certain signs, certain simonim. Ultimately, Rachel gives Leah the simonim. Now that he saw he married her, 
He said, in that case, I can't marry Rachel. But by saying that, he'd be deceiving Rachel. Especially if he'd push away Rachel, then she would end up marrying Esau, which would be even more of a punishment to her, which she didn't deserve. And therefore, where we see now the Chumrah of being Mekayim the love of Aisha and Achesel Esikach, this Chumrah the Terah, which was not yet commanded to the others, they only keeping it because of a Hidr Mitzvah, is not pushing off the Isr of fooling somebody. The Chumrah that they had, that you're not allowed to marry his two sisters, did not override the Derech Ha'elam, the Minik Ha'elam, that you're not allowed to deceive somebody. And since he made up with Rachel, he's going to marry her, he couldn't let her down. Though. It overrode, Abipashtus we're talking about, the Chumrah of Yaakov's And therefore he couldn't do that in Rachel But we still have a question. Sof, sof, at the end. Pael, Yaakov did not keep all the mitzvahs. How does he say, Tayag mitzvah shamarti, if Ishalach is, is he didn't keep? I have a reason I didn't keep it. I did it because of logic. Fine. At the end of the day, he didn't keep it. What do you want to say? What? What do you want to say? First seven years he didn't keep it. He just didn't do anything wrong. Only the, you know that time he did it. He explains like this: the opposite of the shmira. When a person is mevatel mitzvah, I say, or is over and alive. Not that he's over because of the commandment of the Torah. This is the whole Shemitah of the Mitzvah. By keeping the Mitzvah is one thing, and by a person not keeping the Mitzvah is the total opposite. Persons even on Yisra of Alav, of the Klau, of Asay Deich when you have two Mitzvahs, and you have an Asay and a Leisaseh, so the Asay is Deich and Leisaseh. Psikresha. We know a person can do an Aveda on Shabbos. It's ultimately going to turn into Aveda. It's psikresha. Which means psikresha the yomos. That's what it really means. Cut off someone's head, he's not going to die. So a person doing this Aveda ultimately is going to turn into Chilu Shabbos. But there are certain lavim that you have to do an assay in order to be able to do the love. In order to be able to... And it's still even love. Brismila on Shabbos. Brismila on Shabbos, if it's the eighth day... Then the mitzvah of the say of this mitzvah is deichad leis say we're not going to make blood on Shabbos. So you can't say that you're not keeping Shabbos. There's a uh, interesting shaklovetayim on that of the boy that's born ben Ashmashes. Boy that's born ben Ashmashes on Friday has his bris on Sunday. It's not Friday because it might be the Shabbos. It's not Shabbos because it's, it's only a Suffolk Shabbos. You can't do it on Shabbos or it's a Suffolk. and therefore the bris will be on Sunday. So we see that I say is deichad leis say, or because of bekuach nefesh, person who mechal shabbos bekuach nefesh. 
So therefore we can say maybe this is the time that Rashi changes over here. It says, V'tayag mitzvah shamarti. It doesn't say kiyamti. It doesn't say I, ke- I did them all. Not I sisi, I did them, or I was makayim them. I shamarti. Because ultimately I had to alter something here in order to be able to be shamed alayhim. I had to be vatal the iser of being meraboi. <coughs> yeah, we have, of course, the famous Rashi Tevis when Yaakov meets with Esav with the uh, Elifaz. And um, it, it taken everything away from him. Sorry. Elifaz took everything away from Yaakov. He wanted to kill him. His father told him to kill him. And he said, um, Elifaz, you're going to kill your uncle? You know what? Take everything I have, only Choshev Kemes, and you're good. So Elifaz listened. So when they met later, <coughs> with Lavan, he asked him, it's called Azwarim Eila. Yaakov tells him, it's called Azwarim all these stories that happened to him. So what's this? It's called Azwarim Eila. This is it's called Azwarim Eila. It's Rashi Tevis. Don't be shocked I didn't bring anything. I left the house with many things. That's the Rosh Tevis. It's called Advarim Ha'ila. So we've said this. we said this years already. But it's just to show how each thing and every word and each piece of wording in the Teda is based on these on, on exact concepts. And this also is a Shamarti and not Kiyamti also shows us how the Uzdruk of the wording teaches us the actual pshat. Remind everybody again that Pashva Yishtach, Matsu Shabbos Kedish Pashva Yishtach, our annual Malav Malka, 2818 Avenue K. It's honoring Mr. George Landberg <coughs> for the 50 years of teaching in the Babaji Yeshiva. We have our guest speaker, Mr. S- Rabbi Simon Jacobson. And um, should be a very, very beautiful evening. So we just hope that we have a full, full crowd. And uh, although we had once a group of guys that said, we're going to make sure the next month is full, they haven't kept it yet. Let's see what we can do.